that. Hello, one and all, to this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. Oh, my goodness, I am tired. It is almost 11 o'clock here on this Thursday night, so who knows? We might actually be going on till the day this show actually gets released on July 23rd, which would be fantastic. Oh, man. I just got back from hanging out with a few friends up in Ankeny, and there's times in life where you feel like you start questioning everything you have done up to a certain point, at least in a certain amount of time. So tonight, I hung out with two friends, childhood friends, went up there, hung out, we had pizza, we had some Papa John's pizza. And it's not hanging out with them that I was questioning about, no. I, I know, I've been hanging out with them my entire life, now I'm starting to go, man, what could I have done to know? No, 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 no. Two of my best friends, but we <laughs> we ordered Papa John's, and I'm always for Papa John's. You remember the the whole day of reckoning video and all of that stuff? How the memes came from that? We do not condone or appreciate or respect really Papa John himself, but the pizza is good. I like Papa John's pizza. The problem wasn't the pizza; it was more of the fact that I wasn't really that hungry. <laughs> but when Papa John's pizza is offered to you, you don't really say no, unless you're like a loser parent. You don't say no to Papa John's pizza. And why I wasn't hungry? I know you're sitting there, Logan, like, what, well, Logan, why weren't you hungry? Why were you sitting there not hungry? It's like 5 o'clock. I'm not really starving. Or 4.30, 5 o'clock, somewhere in that time range, time frame. I just ate lunch at 1. And I had Bandit Burrito, which is a, I don't know, is it a local place? Is it Justin Johnston or they, is it a chain place? I don't know. I've never seen it anywhere outside of Johnston. But I had that for lunch. Big burrito. Like the girl that was making the burrito, God bless her, seriously. I don't know how she managed to get this stupid thing all folded up, but she did. And they pressed it at the end and I spilled some burrito juice on me and had to put the bag down as like a little blanket to make sure it caught all the juice has fallen from the burrito. But in the span of about... I think I got done eating around like 1.30, and then 5.30, maybe even a little before that, we're eating Papa John's pizza with breadsticks. Two large, two-topping Papa John's pizza with breadsticks. And I said I would eat the pizza. I said I'm not hungry now, but I be- could become hungry later, which is a problem. And I'll tell you why it's a problem. For me, anyways, it's a sign of things that my life is going on a downward spiral fast. <laughs> and not in like anything like deep or anything I'm just getting fat that's really the only problem here that I'm seeing (laughs) I'm not working out at all I haven't really worked out that consistently since I left William Penn I think I've worked out like in a week like maybe once since I was up at UNI I never worked out and living with a person or two people that are really big into weightlifting Steven and Tim they're in both of my video or two videos that I did they're both in them while we were up at UNI and they're really into weightlifting I can never motivate myself to get my lazy ass out into the garage because they built a gym in our garage when COVID first struck the beautiful state of Iowa. They built a gym in our garage because they couldn't go to the WRC, which is the Wellness and Recreation Center up at UNI. Built a gym. I rarely went out there. I just got lazy. And even that's becoming more apparent now because I still... Even when I had a gym in my garage, I wasn't working out. So you think when I don't have a gym that I can walk to every day... That I'm going to start working out? No. And I'm eating worse now than when I was back then. So this is a sign of things for Logan. That Logan needs to change some things up. Logan's not getting a lot of sleep lately <laughs> because of the show. Because we're 
waiting longer in the day to get the show done, editing the show and stuff like that, editing videos. We got a new United States Gold Cup preview out, so I hope you went and go what went to watch that. If not, stop the video, stop the podcast right now and go watch the video, and then come back to me once the 18 minute video is done. I would greatly appreciate it, or just wait till after the show or whatever, or watch it before. I don't know. Hope you watch the video. We'll talk about the United States versus Jamaica coming up in a little bit. But yeah, Logan needs to make some drastic life changes. Now, I'm not getting like fat fat. I'm not pushing 300 or something like that. I'm sitting at 220, which is about 5 pounds fluctuation, give or take, since I left William Penn. I was about 210, 215 my sophomore year at William Penn. Because I came in at 190, got up to 200 my sophomore year. At junior year, I was about 205, 210, or junior year. Sophomore year, right before my junior year, I got up to about 210. And then my concussion hit, and I started gaining weight because I wasn't working out at all. I got two concussions in the span of about six months. Logan was not working out that often. And I'm not getting big. I'm just getting looser, which just feels weird to say I'm getting looser. I used to be tight. I wasn't, like, ripped. I didn't have, a, like, a visible six-pack. But you could, like, tell something was there. It wasn't like now where I can like grab it and jiggle it a little bit. That's kind of gross, Logan. Why did you have to go there? Because I'm doing this to myself. It's kind of like a, uh, a motivational thing for me, like therapy. This gives me a chance to talk about whatever I want. <laughs> That's what it is. But yeah, that did not make me feel great. I enjoyed every second of it, though. Which is, I was so conflicted. I was like, yeah, I can eat the pizza. I didn't say no to the pizza. I ate the pizza. I ate the breadsticks. I ate drink. A, a Pepsi, not Diet Pepsi, a Pepsi, because I saw a shirt at hy V that said, drink Pepsi Cola, and I was like, okay, you told me to, so I'll just, I'll drink it. And I used the garlic sauce as well, because if you don't, you use the part, if you don't use the garlic sauce, you go to Domino's, you're a mad person. I don't, it's insane. But yeah, Logan needs to work out again. I, I need some help. <laughs> Hopefully I can kick myself in the ass and get going again, because... I'm, again, I'm not like incredibly out of shape, but I'm bigger than what I ever was in my life. And I still got some athletic ability in there. I did a few crunches in a minute yesterday. And my sister randomly challenged me to a crunches slash sit off, uh, sit up off. And she was doing crunches that were not crunches. And I, I said, we're doing sit ups. She got 32 in a minute. I got 33 in about 45 seconds. And I just stopped because I was like, I beat her. I don't need to embarrass her. I got what she got in 40 seconds, and she did that in a minute. So I've still got something in there. It just needs to be at least to its fullest potential. Now, ladies, if you're out there listening to the show, which I guarantee there's about two of you max, and uh, that's if my mom's listening. I think my aunt's listening, but I, I, I don't know. That's a guess. I don't even know if it's accurate or not. But if you like the dad, but well, I'm got it for you right now. <laughs> But it knows I need to get back in shape somehow. I can't be eating like this, Logan. This is a nice therapeutic session for Logan. If you don't care about Logan gaining weight, it's not really, again, it's not really, I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird time period in Logan's life. So yeah, just a little venting period about myself and my, my weight, I guess. I'm like 220 right now. Or not like, I am 220 right now. <laughs> it's, not, it's not really a like or maybe I'm 220. I weighed myself this morning. I weighed 220 pounds. So, yeah. A little rant, but whatever. It's not even a rant about bad things. You could have, been, you could have found that very enjoyable. Found me so, it's a nice self, self-deprecation on yours truly. I love doing this to myself. It's my favorite thing to do in the entire world is to bash on myself because my dad told me ever since I was a little kid, if you can't make fun of yourself... Don't make fun of others. So I always try to make fun of myself as much as I can 
so I can make fun of other people. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm not making another fun of other people. I'm not very sensitive. I There's certain topics people can get sensitive about or I can get sensitive about. But overall, I like to think I can brush things off fairly easily. I don't really care what people say to me that often. There's certain people that I care what they say because they're my friends or family members or whatever. But yeah, nice. We're done with that. <laughs> brush it off. Nice little depression time for Logan. Depre- depression minute? I, I had depression period. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a word that starts with D. Depression what? Depression deposition? I, I don't know. Let's move on. So we got the 2021 Gold Cup still going on. The knockout stage is here. Finally, we had the results of Group C and Group D. And surprise, surprise, Logan was wrong because Logan didn't expect or anticipate Jamaica to arrest all their players, even though we were doing a show while the game was going on. Because I didn't even bother to look at the lineups or anything until the game was going on. Well, going, wow. That's not Andre Blake and Net, and feeling my soul drop a little bit <laughs> that the United States is going to play Jamaica. Costa Rica, on the other hand, played a pretty strong team. Brian Ruiz got the lone goal in the game. Jamaica had better stats in every single category versus Costa Rica, except for the one that mattered, the goal tally. Everything else was better than Costa Rica. Brian Ruiz got the goal in the 53rd minute of the game. You saw Joel Campbell start in this game as well. One of their more experienced players, Lionel Morea, got a red card in the game, the goalkeeper for Costa Rica. It's just, man. But yeah, Jamaica, they didn't play Leon Bailey. They didn't start Andre Blake, as I just said, who just signed a nice extension with the Philadelphia Union through 2024. The best goal in the MLS, the best goalie in the Gold Cup. We've said this throughout the entire tournament. He should be back in net versus the United States. So this game, if you are unaware, is on the 25th, so this Sunday, so make sure you tune to that. We'll have another preview for the... Well, no, don't say that, Logan. Don't say that, because you might jinx it. Well, knock on wood. I don't know if you could hear that or not, but I just knocked on some wood <laughs> to make sure I didn't jinx it. I didn't even say anything, but my thoughts might have... Because your thoughts can make things happen, is what most psychics will tell you. We can conjure up thoughts and make things happen through visualizing it. I'm not visualizing it, but I almost said it. <laughs> so... I'm sorry, but I digress. <laughs> Jamaica lost. They're playing the United States. Costa Rica moved on as well. They won Group C. Costa Rica will be taking on Canada, which will be a very fun game on July 25th. Also in Arlington, both the United States, Jamaica, and Canada, and Costa Rica are in Arlington. The Canada and Costa Rica game will be played first. And then on the 24th, we have Mexico taking on Honduras as Coast as Qatar. I almost said Costa Rica again. Qatar. The... <laughs> The East, Middle East country that's going to be hosting the 2022 World Cup for reasons we've talked about a thousand times that I'm not going to get into on this show right now because we've done it enough. 2 nothing, They beat Honduras. A CONCACAF team won a group in CONCACAF. And we talked about how la- the last show, we talked about Camable, the Go- Copa America com- emer- merging with the Gold Cup. No, don't do that. <laughs> you, Qatar... Has not made a major tournament ever. They haven't made a World Cup. They get invited to the Copa America. They move countries. They get invited to the Gold Cup. And they win the group. That's the standard of the Gold Cup. Would Qatar won a group in Copa America? Not a chance in hell. But they win one in CONCACAF with a group with Honduras and Panama, who are two teams that are traditionally pretty, that do pretty well in the Gold Cup. Usually not going on to win it. But they are competitive 
in the tournament to a certain extent. But Panama comes in third in this group on four points. Honduras finishes the second in six points. And Granada lost 3-1 to one to Panama. So Panama put some nice goals past Granada. But a late goal in the 76th minute by Frank gets Granada a nice goal difference. Their first goal of the tournament. Now they had a minus goal difference of, a goal difference of minus 10. A little bit better than minus 11, I guess you could say. So if the team above them had a minus 10 goal difference going in, they... Saved? I don't know. I apologize. I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about anymore. But El Salvador will be taking on Qatar. They came second in Group A. Mexico winning in the Group A will be facing Honduras. For the United States and Jamaica, though, going back to that game, we had to go over what happened with Jamaica and Costa Rica. This will be a fun game. We've talked about a little bit of the United States losing to Jamaica in 2015 in the semifinals, which just sits like a pit in my stomach a little bit, even though the United States has had very good success against the Jamaicans the past few times they've played them, it still hurts. When you watch a game that you not, your team is supposed to win against a country that is not known for this specific sport, I'm not saying they don't love the sport, but their national team is not on the forefront of the best national teams in the world. Sorry, Jamaican national team fans and the team, but it's true. You love the, you love the sport. I know Jamaica loves the sport of soccer, but they're not usually top-tier, they compete, they're a very competitive team, but they should never, never, and I mean this with the least bit of disrespect I can, but I think even their fans and players should know, or not players, the players would never say this, but the fans should say they should never beat the United States. It should not happen. And with the size of the United States, with the resources the United States have, and the players they can select, they should not be losing to Jamaica. And they have it. The past few times, but that 2015 Gold Cup semifinal was insane. It still sits weird. The United States ended up losing on penalties and finishing fourth in the entire tournament. Jamaica, I mean, if it's not the United States, <laughs> they lost to, surprise, surprise, Mexico. The very competitive tournament that anybody can win. Uh, except you're it's only the United States and Mexico that win this tournament. But it's competitive. Yes. Last 14... <laughs> 14 of the last 15 Gold Cups have been between the United States and Mexico. It's weird. Ever since the United States and Mexico have gone to this tournament, they have absolutely dominated it. It's like, they probably shouldn't be in this tournament. They should probably go somewhere else. But I'm not saying they go to the Copa America. Mexico and the United States do not belong to Copa America. That, that tournament, I've, I said this Wednesday, that tournament is too historic for teams like Mexico and the United States to go to. I know, like, Bolivia... Is not an insane national team. Venezuela is not really that insane. They had a really bad circumstance happen before the Copa America started with the COVID stuff taking place. Half their team pretty much getting eliminated from the squad. So they got basically backup players and were told to go in the tournament. I'm pretty sure they finished last in their group. And if you finished last in the group in this Copa America, that was bad. <laughs> there was two groups, I think four or five teams from each group moved on. So, you, you were, one team could come in last. I mean, well, that's, hmm, that's really great. Wow, I did not think of that, Logan. Thank you so much for saying that. One team can come in last. It's pretty much, I think that's why it's called last. <laughs> he came in last. You're the last place. You're the last team. Last person. Whatever. But, yeah, the Mexico and, Mexico and the United States, even though they're bigger and better not necessarily like, I'm not going to bash the countries as a whole, but as a national team, the United States and Mexico are better and should be beating these teams. <laughs> Even with the C-plus to B-minus teams these two countries brought, 
Mexico's is more of a B team. Because they did have Herving Lozano at the beginning of the tournament, Jesus Corona, uh, Alan Polito still there, Hector Herrera. Like, you've got really good, solid players from Mexico. The United States didn't bring any of those. I guess the big-name players or the first-team players that are on this team are like Jassy Zardes, now Daryl DK, Sebastian Legette. I think that's pretty much it for the United States' quote-unquote first-team players. And I mean, like, when Pulisic, McKinney, Tyler Adams, John Brooks, Zach Steffen, all those guys are here. I think those are the only three that are really in the running for a starting position. I don't even really think Legit is, but DK and Zardes, because they're competing for the exact same spot. Even though they're not running the same formation now that they will be in World Cup qualifying and at the 2022 World Cup, because with the players the United States have at their disposal as far as a whole team, they'll be able to run a 4-3-3 better than what they do now. Now, I guess they could totally run with that 5-2-3 formation with Rain on the right, Pulisic on the right, left, and McKinney and Adams in the midfield with Dest on a wingback spot, Robinson, Yedlin, Cannon, Shaq Moore on the wingbacks. The center back issue, though, it works when you're testing it like this. But if James Sands starts kicking ass again for a club and starts building up some steam, they might actually run with that three in the back formation. But I think Brendan Aronson deserves a chance to start, so that's where it's mostly because of Brendan Aronson that I feel the United States will still go with the 4-3-3. Whether you play him in midfield or on the left wing, which he's been playing very well as a left winger for the United States when he has played recently, that's the player that is making this difficult to decide what formation they will run. Because now, they don't have wingers. Paul Areola is injured. Jonathan Lewis is, brings pretty much nothing other than pace. But when the A-team, Pulisic and Reyna, are wingers. Both can play in the midfield, but they play wings usually for the United States. But when Aronson's here... Do you play him in the midfield, or do you play him where he's been playing best for the United States, which is on the wing, and play Pulisic in midfield? That's personally what I would do. And if we're looking at the two teams, the team that's playing in the Gold Cup and the team that's going to, or at least some of the players that I think will be involved in the 2022 World Cup, it's not exactly how it's going to be lined up because we're a year and a half away from the 2022 World Cup. It should be saying a year, but we're in Qatar, where it's inhabitable to play, to live pretty much during the summer. Yeah, let alone play a tournament, because, <laughs> uh, yeah, soccer's for everybody, yeah, that's a great, great slogan, yeah, we're not going to go into that again, but great stuff there by FIFA, always the greatest organizations run our sports, gotta love it, not a bunch of jack-offs and dickheads running the sports that we love, but that's how the world works nowadays, I guess, money makes the world go around, and guitar provided the most money, so... I guess that works. But looking at the squad that the United States... Just the starting lineup. I'm not going to build an entire squad today. I'm just going to look at the team. The starting 11. Goalie, Matt Turner, Ethan Horvath, and Zach Steffen are the three that I think will go. We'll go over to goalkeepers as a whole because I think that's easier to narrow down who the goalies will be. Right now, Turner's the only one that's starting. Horvath's not starting at at, uh, Nottingham Forest right now. He just got brought in, yes, I know, but they have a goalie that's been playing pretty consistently for them in the championship. So will they bring him bringing him in off of not starting with Club Rouge and bring him in as a starter for Nottingham Forest? I don't know. And Zach Steffen's the backup to Ederson, who we've talked about as a top three goalie in the world. So that's kind of an uphill battle for Zach Steffen. I hope he moves on eventually. I don't know where. There's some teams in the Premier League that's going to use some goalies. Maybe he goes to West Ham. Maybe. Doubt it, but maybe. Maybe goes to Tottenham, who where Hugo Lloris might be leaving fairly soon. I'm not saying leaving now, but fairly soon. They had an American goalie in there for a while. 
backup, but hey, American goalie nonetheless, and <laughs> Brad Friedel. But Zach Steffen will be starting, yes. Even though Matt Turner ha- is the only one starting for con- club right now and not at New England Revolution, Zach Steffen's still above Matt Turner. I know the will romanticize the penalty save against Mexico for Ethan Horvath, but come on. Zach Steffen's still the number one. And I know there's going to be some quote-unquote tighter races involved in the goalkeeping camp, but come on. You can't watch these guys and go, Zach Steffen's worse than the other two. They've had nice moments, but my, my favorite thing, speaking of <laughs> the three goalies, keeping on the topic of same goalies, I saw a post from last year, I believe it was, on the MLS's website. We've joked about the MLS's website and the MLS social media feeds and all that stuff about that's called soccer.football, even though half our teams, the league, or have FC, which stands for football club, but not about. And then MLSsoccer.com, Major League Soccer, Soccer.com. We've talked about how funny that is. They just need to delete social media on their website pretty much because it is awful. Both of them, awful. That's not the point I'm trying to make. I can't remember for the life of me who wrote this post. But I remember seeing it and it getting bashed in the comment section. I saw a post on Twitter and it was linked to an article. It's like Armchair armchair Analyst or something like that the MLS has on their website. And it had Matt Turner started. This is before Matt Turner had a single cap to his name for the United States. And it says he's going to start in the 2022 World Cup. This is like two years ago or during the 2016 Euros. You had to watch the 2016 Euros when England lost to Iceland. Joe Hart is expected not to be the goal. That's like saying, what? Who is it? You're trying to predict Jordan Pickford. No one was predicting Jordan Pickford then. It was Jack Butland who was now relegated with Stoke and I think's now at Burnley. I think he. I think he's at Burnley. Is he somewhere else? Crystal Palace? He's, at one of the, he's moved up to a Premier League team finally, but I don't remember where he's at. But no one was predicting that. So maybe you're ahead of the curve. The part that got me wasn't the part that Matt Turner was the starter. It was the fact, the, the wording he used was Matt Turner, and I'm, I think this is exact quote, I could be wrong, try and find the article if you can, this is how I, it stuck with me, and I have a, if I see a topic that I care about, like soccer or football, those are the two main things I care about, I will take a picture of it in my mind. If it's something so outrageous, <laughs> I will snapshot it in my mind, and this was one of them. He said, Matt Turner is above Zach Steffen, if, okay, what did it exactly say? Matt Turner is further along than Zach Steffen at the same age. So that would, logically, you would go, okay, Matt Turner's younger than Zach Steffen. No, that is not, that's not it. Matt Turner is a year older than Zach Steffen. 27 years old is Matt Turner, 26 years old is Steffen. Steffen was born April 2nd, 1995. Matt Turner was born on June 24th, 1994. So Matt Turner is farther along than Zach Steffen was at that age, even though Zach Steffen is younger than Matt Turner was, or is, and always will be. <laughs> and I get Matt Turner's somewhat of a late bloomer. He didn't really start taking soccer seriously until he was like 16 years old or something like that. Didn't get drafted, signed with the Revolution, worked his way up. So he's kind of like a, a nice story. And you know, the hipster fans like that. Like, oh, this is such a great story. I'm one of those people that, I can be one of those people. I'm not saying... I am, because I am not of the thought that Matt Turner should be the number one goalie going to Qatar. <laughs> I think he should be number two, not number three. Horvath doesn't play for Nottingham, for Club Bruges. He hasn't played a single game for Nottingham Forest, but neither has Nottingham Forest since he's been there. 
So that won't count. But Zach Steffen's number one. Turner two, Horvath three. Even though Horvath saved the penalty. Yes, I get that. He saved the penalty. It was awesome. I watched it. Beautiful. Doesn't mean he's a better overall goalie. Is Tim Krul a better goalie than Jasper Sillison because he saved the penalties against Costa Rica in the World Cup, whereas Jasper Sillison didn't save them against Argentina in the semifinal? Is that how that works? Because I don't really think Tim Krul is a better goalie than Jasper Sillison just because he saved a penalty. That that's really it. <laughs> is that that's that's the logic here? I like Matt. I love Ethan Horvath. Great penalty save, but yeah, Zach Steffen's number one. I think they'll still go with the four 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 three three. So Sergio Dest right back, Anthony Robinson left back. That's pretty much over. John Brooks at center back. The other center back's the problem. I think if it's if Aaron Long's healthy, which is the huge question mark regarding him, it's Aaron Long. The problem is he's never healthy. So you don't know if it's going to be Aaron Long starting at center back for the United States moving forward. Will it be Mark McKenzie? Will it be Walker Zimmerman? Who has had a very nice tournament? Miles Robinson? I don't think James Sands will play center back unless they're in a back three. That's the only way I think James Sands plays center back is in a back three. But hell, if they play a back three, James Sands could definitely slot in as that central center back. I'd be perfectly fine with that moving forward. Uh, Chris Richards is also up there. I think with Aaron Long's injury, I think the guy, Mark, this is Greg Berhalter's thinking, thought process, not mine. Mark McKenzie is probably that number one guy right now. Or number, well, I guess number one right behind John Brooks, who's above another tier. It's like in the UFC, when you look at the championship rankings, you have the champion, and then number one contender, number two, three, like that. John Brooks is the champ, quote-unquote champion, I think, according to Greg Berhalter, Mark McKenzie is the number one contender. Even though he did not cover himself a glory against Mexico. Even though he did not do that, I still think he will play him there. I think Chris Richards, if he gets more playing time either at Bayern Munich or if he goes back out to Schalke, or Schalke, uh, Hoffenheim, I think he could be up there as well. But right now, I think it's Mark McKenzie in midfield, Tyler Adams, McKinney, Pulisic. That's what I would run. I want Pulisic in the midfield because I think that gets him on the ball more. If you look at his heat map, I think we talked about this last show, his heat map is in the center of the field. He likes cutting into the right. He plays a lot of things in the center of the field. Why not just play him at midfield? And then the front three, Giovanni Reign on the right, Brandon Aronson on the left. Right now it's Zardes still. Even though DK's been playing his ass off and is burning up Jassy Zardes' ass right now (laughs) because he's right on him. Right now it's still... Zardes. By the time we get to 2022 World Cup, it might be DK. Because DK is like a freaking freight train and nothing's really stopping his form right now. Dude is in absolutely insane form right now. (laughs) So, yeah, that's how I'm seeing it right now. But there's some other players that will be involved in this team that are in this current Gold Cup squad, like Reggie Cannon, I would assume, be involved. We've already talked about Walker Zimmerman. James Sands should be involved. Shaq Moore has done himself a lot of favors in this tournament, playing very, very well. Gianluca Busio will be involved, I would assume, in this squad. Not necessarily... These guys aren't guaranteed to make it. I think they'll be involved in, like, the provisional squads and something like that. I think Jackson U will be involved in there. Sebastian Legette. Kellen Acosta will be involved. Zardes, DK, Hoppy, maybe Giacchini. That's how I'm feeling the squad right now. If I'm looking at the Gold Cup squad and taking it to 2022, that's who I think the bigger name players are. For the World Cup. I just hit my microphone. Sorry if that made a weird noise or something. But yeah. That's a that's what we're looking like for the 2022 World Cup. As far as the Gold Cup goes, the United States should beat Jamaica 2-1. They should beat Jamaica. 
Exactly what we talked about earlier. They should never lose to Jamaica. They should never really lose to anybody other than Mexico in this tournament. Ever. Should never happen. And in this game, the United States, even though their team is not exactly the strongest, they're looking good in this 5-3-2 formation. Intrigued to see what they line up as without Walker Zimmerman. They have 24 hours to name a replacement for Walker Zimmerman in this tournament. So maybe that guy starts for him. But to me right now, it's still Donovan Pines. He came in for Walker Zimmerman. Didn't do anything really to lose the job. To me, they keep the exact same team going to this game against Jamaica. That's how I'm viewing it right now. <laughs> I did this in my preview video. Go and watch the preview if you haven't already. I greatly appreciate it. Give it a like. Subscribe to the YouTube channel while you're there as well. And while we're on the topic of all that, go follow me on all forms of social media. Twitter, Instagram, like the Facebook page. Subscribe again to the YouTube channel and subscribe to the Logan Blackman Show podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Now... We're moving on to another form of football here. American football. Talked about the cold cup. And this news is really funny. Because it kind of relates, not all the way, I'll, I'll tell you why it relates, to soccer. It's Oklahoma and Texas talking about moving to the SEC. Officially, they official sources say they have talked to the SEC about moving to the SEC from the Big 12. What the actual hell is that? Now, the reason it relates to soccer is not something that you would probably think of off the top of your head. The reason it relates to soccer is this is like, so Oklahoma, yes, they are good enough to play in the SEC. They're always in the college football playoff circle. Always there. They're always winning the Big 12 and then getting absolutely shit stomped in the playoff. It's just a, it's a tradition as long as time. Oklahoma getting shit stomped by an SEC team in the big the college football playoff. The problem is Texas. Texas is not good enough to be in the SEC. Texas is like Tottenham. Now, they have some championships in their history. Not any recently. They haven't really... They've been good. But never actually challenged for anything. They're like, oh, this is the time they can bring up. They've got, they've got the coach in, Mauricio Pochettino. They've got some good young players, Sam Ellinger, Dele Alley, Harry Kane. you got all these players. They're going to be good. They just never are. Maybe Sarkeesian can get them good again. Who knows? But Texas, what the hell are you doing? I remember hearing this on the radio show, a radio show a while ago when the Super League was getting talked about. Talking about that it's like Michigan would try to go in. What the hell does Michigan have anything to do with the Super League? They're not one of the best teams in college football. They're one of the biggest brands. That's what Texas is. It's a brand. They've got a good football team. They're an average football team. I don't, no one fears Texas anymore. Iowa State is better than Texas. And that's not a shot at Iowa State. It's a shot at Texas. <laughs> Ten years ago, there's no reason that should be anywhere close. Iowa State was rocking with, like, Austin or not. <laughs> there was no reason Iowa State would ever think they'd be better than Texas consistently, ever. And now they are. They are better than Texas. I think most fans can say that. Even Texas fans should be able to say that. But there's... That's stupid. There's no way <laughs> this happens, right? It can't happen. I also saw there was some sort of legislative law that says Oklahoma State and Oklahoma have to be in the same conference. I don't know how true that is. I saw it on a Twitter comment, so I it could be complete bullshit. I don't know. But I saw it on a comment, and they saw it on Twitter, and you know what they say. Twitter 
Can't post anything on Twitter. That isn't true. And I believe that 100%. So I'm just flabbergasted. In a statement provided to ESPN, the Big 12 said, there is a recognition that institutions may act to their own self-interest. However, there is an expectation that members adhere to the conference's bylaws and enforce the grant of rights agreement. The Big 12 bylaws require any withdrawing member to give the league at least 18 months' notice. So, like, you got Texas A&M, Colorado going to the Pac-12, Missouri going to the Big, the SEC, uh, Nebraska going to the Big 10. Like, you've had Big 12 teams leave before. Nebraska leaving the Big 12 was freaking ridiculous. They didn't try to go to the SEC. <laughs> they went to, Big 10, I think, is a step up from the Big 12. Not necessarily last year. The Big 10 was not very fun to watch last year. But... It's not some catastrophic... You're not going to go in there and beat Alabama or Auburn or LSU or Georgia or Florida. You're not beating these teams, guys. Oklahoma, yeah, sure. You can try and beat them, but... yeah, you got, This is funny. And I would keep going to give at least league at least 18 months' notice. There is also a hefty exit fee. Departing schools must pay a league, a, quote, commitment buyout fee which is an amount equal to the sum of distribution that otherwise would be paid to the schools during the final two years of its memberships. Exiting schools, according to the bylaws, quote, shall be deemed to have agreed to forfeit all distributions of any type that otherwise would have been made to the withdrawing member during the interim period between notice date and actual departure date. Last year, the Big 12 distributed about $38 million to its members, third most of them at Power 5 conferences, so Texas and Oklahoma would owe about $76 million each over the next two years. It's unclear whether both schools are aware of the repercussions, and they both declined comment beyond statements issued on Wednesday. One source said Big 12 also discussed the possibility of finding more revenue for Texas and OU if their motivation to exit is driven by money. I bet it is. <laughs> I guarantee it does. Uh, we need answers sooner rather than later. Uh, pun there, sooner, Oklahoma Sooners. And we don't have any answers right now. In a statement provided to ESPN following the meeting, the Big 12 said, quote, the eight members strongly desire to retain the current composition, which has proven it can compete at the highest levels. I mean, it can go to the highest levels, but when you look at the college football playoff, yeah, sure, you can win other bowl games. Like, you had Iowa State winning the Fiesta Bowl. There's other games that I can't remember. But you had Iowa State winning the Fiesta Bowl. Oklahoma going to the 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 college football playoff. Has not worked very well over the past few years. This is a time of dramatic change within intercollegiate athletics that present both opportunities and challenges. And the Big 12 looks forward to continuing to play a major role in its evolution. But yeah, $38 million. 76 over the next two years Texas and Oklahoma have had to provide. Man, good lord. This is different than Texas A&M and Missouri going to the Big 12. It was weird to see it, but no one really batted an eye. But Texas and Oklahoma, those are big brands. Like Spurs and Atletico Madrid are big brands, but they belong with like Alabama, Clemson, and all those guys. <laughs> Like Michigan and Texas, do they really belong with those guys? Other than revenue, like they they make a lot of money. One of the most popular schools in the nation, one of the most popular teams in the nation. So much so, you get flagged for horns down, which I was going to talk about earlier, but I 
completely forgot about it because it got brought up tonight when I was hanging out with my friends. That is the dumbest rule in college football. The dumbest rule. I am going to be throwing... I don't care about Texas. Never really have. My uncle's a fan of Texas. I do not give a rat's ass about the Texas Longhorns and their feelings. Good Lord. You're getting a penalty for horns down? If you are better than Texas, you have every right to do horns down. If you're Kansas, you have no right to do horns down. Okay? That should be the rule. If you are better than Texas, at the end of a season, the next year you have the right to do horns down. And last year... Let's just look at the Big 12 standings. I'm not sure how many teams ranked exactly above Texas. I know Iowa State and Oklahoma. And Oklahoma State. So Iowa State, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State can do horns down this year. Everybody else cannot. Everybody else can not. So TCU, West Virginia, Kansas State, Texas Tech, Baylor, Kansas. Now am I saying they should get flagged? No. They should not get flagged. I don't care if it hurts Texas fans or players' feelings. We did a thing at Johnston for down goes you. We stuck an upside down you down. We stuck a U upside down. It looked like an N. Now you put your so here, do it with me. You have two hands, I hope, and you stick your thumbs out like you're making an L. L and a J. All your fingers are together. You push the thumbs together and you bend them down. Put them towards the ground. It's an upside down U or an N. You hold it up down. Hold it up down. Hold it up down. You see that a little bit on Johnson, like players, they still some still do it to this day, but it's like that. Yeah, they should never get flagged for horns down. Now that you've made this huge deal about horns down, like people did it, now you're giving them incentive to. People won't care about the penalty. You know how many times we're gonna see horns down versus Texas in every game? Especially when you're in a conference with 10 teams or 9 other teams. So you're going to be playing every team. And then Rice and Louisville and Arkansas. Or Louisville. Louisiana. I don't think Louisville... or Jeez, I did it again. Louisiana really cares about Texas. I think they'll just do it out of principle. Arkansas, you got the whole Texarkana thing. They'll do horns down. Rice, they're in Texas. They'll do horns down. And then you start off the season with two Texas teams. Texas Tech and TCU, and then Oklahoma, and then Oklahoma State, and then Baylor. They're all doing horns down. And then Iowa State, at Iowa State. You know how many fans are going to be doing horns down? As a local Iowan, I'm not an Iowa State fan. I know a lot of Iowa State fans. If you give them incentive to do something, (laughs) they're going to... Make you remember it. You go, hey, we're going to throw a penalty flag every time you do horns down like a bunch of bad words. (laughs) I I don't know if I want to say it on the show or not. So we're just not going to say it. You use your mind on what your bunch of whatevers. They're going to do it. They are going to do it. I remember Oklahoma State. This is a few years ago in basketball. Marcus Smart was playing for Oklahoma State. They were doing the starting lineup. And the entire crowd flopped backwards when they announced his name. Announced his name. Like, it's... Now that they're good... Iowa State has not been good my entire life in ba- in football. They were good in basketball for a few years. Now they're garbage in football. Or basketball, jeez. But now that they're good, they're feeling confident. 
Back then, 10 years ago, they didn't have anything really to be confident about. You had Kansas and Kansas State. That were probably wins. And Kansas State was pretty good. Actually, not 10 years ago, you had Colin Klein there. You weren't beating Kansas State back then. You had to win every once in a while. You win about three games, four games. Feel good about yourself. Now you're winning 10 and expectations to be one of the best teams in not just the Big 12, one of the better teams in college football this year. Oh, man. When that Texas, when Texas storms, when they run onto the field at Iowa State, because the stu- Iowa State's weird. Not like necessarily the school, the stadium. It's one of the weirder ones out there. I love Jack Tri Stadium. I'm not saying anything like structurally or how it looks and stuff like that. But one of the weirder things is that the student section's on the opposite side of the press box. So that, that's weird to me. I don't know this exactly. I could be wrong. But I think... No, wait. I haven't been to an Iowa State game in a while, so... Think the away side is... No, it's not, right? Home side's on the side with the student section. But the away team runs out by the student section. Okay. That Texas team, good freaking lord. They are going to be lambasted with horns down. So you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if on Megatron, the giant scoreboard they have in the end zone, had a giant person doing horns down. I would not be shocked. Knowing Iowa State, I would not be shocked. And that's not a bad thing. I hope they do it. I have no personal beef towards Texas. But good Lord, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, or one of them. You get, horns down is going to be one of our priorities in stopping in college football. That is stupid. Big 12 refs get made fun of enough as it is. (laughs) Horns down. Man, Iowa State, Iowa State fans, please do horns down as much as possible. Because the fans don't get fined. Fans don't get flagged. I wonder, now that we have the NIL stuff, speaking of that, do we get fines in college football now for players? Is that going to be a thing? <laughs> I mean, they're getting paid to play now, or at least legally allowed to get paid. So, are they going to start getting fined? I never thought about that till right now, but that's an interesting thing to think about, I guess. But please, Ames, Iowa, Iowa State fans that might be listening to this show, please do horns down as much as possible. I would greatly appreciate it I like some of the players Texas has I I kind of like burn orange I guess I like Colt McCoy <laughs> but please do horns down I'm just gonna keep repeating it because I think it's really funny that it even happened that it even got talked about oh my god we're gonna we're gonna try and make this a point that we bring it up on big 12 media day to not do horns down good. Lord, I wish some like top quarterbacks, like some not top quarterbacks. So no, I don't want to. I'm that was a dumb thing to say. Like you have Spencer Rattler, Brock Purdy, all these guys, Spencer Sanders, Max Duggan in the Big Twelve, Tyler Show, Skylar Thompson. Like you have good quarterbacks in the Big Twelve. I would love, love to see like Desmond Ritter at Cincinnati, or Malik Willis at Liberty, or Carson Strong at Nevada make a statement against Texas, like Joe Burrow did against Texas when he won the Heisman. That was the game. Where it was like, this Joe Burrow dude, he might be pretty good. Go to Austin, Texas, and throw for 471 yards and four touchdowns? You made a statement. You put your name on the map in this game. Well, they were arguing who's DBU. And it's funny because (laughs) it was like, we're DBU. No, we're DBU. Which, in all actuality, LSU is DBU. I think most people outside of Texas would say that. 
But <laughs> you'd say LSU won this game in regards to the argument of who's DBU. Technically, yeah. They allowed less yards than LS- than Texas did. Like, Texas allowed 471 yards to the air, but LSU allowed 409 with four touchdowns with no interceptions. Joe Burrow threw an interception. So how <laughs> how do we judge who's D- – you can't really judge who's DBU off this, but just look at the – you judge DBU off who's got the better players in the NFL. I mean, Patrick Peterson alone, with Earl Thomas, R- uh, Ross – Rich, what was his name? Ross. Terrence Ross? No, he's in the NBA. The cornerback from Texas. They got Tyron Matthew, Tredavious White, Jamal Adams. The dude over in Carolina, Dante Jackson. He got some great defensive backs in the NFL from LSU. I'm sorry, Texas. I can't think of a lot of other ones other than Earl Thomas, and he's not even in the league anymore. So, I, I don't know. That game was just really funny. I wish there was a quarterback like that that was playing him. But now... I mean, Louisiana's got a pretty good quarterback in their own right, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember his name to save my life. They upset Iowa State last year, so why don't they do it again? Levi Lewis, that's who it is. I couldn't remember his name. Lefty quarterback. Threw for 2,200 yards and 19 touchdowns. Sorry, I'm I'm struggling right now. My allergies are acting awful. My friend Isaac, who we were just at his house, he has a cat. I'm allergic to cats. And conveniently, the allergies kicked in now. My eye just started itching. So we're struggling now. We're going to get through the rest of the show as fastballs. But this dude's a baller at quarterback. So hopefully he balls out to see some lower-level school quarterback ball out. He's thrown for 26 touchdowns, forced to interceptions two years ago. He had a very good 2019. 3,000 yards. 3,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, four interceptions. 40, jeez, I can't do this. 64% completion percentage. I'm struggling. But Carson Strong is a quarterback that I wish would play Texas this year just because of the quote that he dropped. And we talk about Texas saying they're DBU, LSU saying they're DBU. Carson Strong was, uh, this is from PFF College, underscore college on Instagram. It sounds crazy, but I want to be the first quarterback to reach 58, jeez, 85% completion percentage this season. Wouldn't that be awesome? If he set the tone against Texas and threw a horns down in the locker room after the game, wouldn't that be awesome? I just completed 90% of my passes against DBU and threw a horns down. Disrespect Texas on all fronts. That'd be awesome to see. But Carson Strong would love to see it. In regards to the teams he's playing this year, he's not playing the toughest of schedules. I mean, he's playing in the Mountain West. Almost said whack. That conference no longer exists. But best defenses on the schedule this year for Nevada are San Diego State, 33rd, Boise State 50th, and Cal 53rd. So we're, we're not facing a murderer's row of defenses here. And they play Cal first, then Idaho State, Kansas State, which should be a very fun game, at Kansas State on September 18th, then at Boise, which will be another very fun game, New Mexico State, Hawaii at Fresno, UNLV, San Jose State at San Diego State, Air Force, and then at Colorado State. Last year for Carson Strong, who is... My number six quarterback on my big board right now, but I fully expect him to move up this season. Not the, the problem is with Carson Strong, he's not mobile. He's not like as immobile as JT Daniels, but he is not mobile. And this past year, he completed 70% of his passes. He took a jumping completion percentage from 63 to 70, threw a little less passes, about 19 total passes less this last year. 
but had a huge jump in every other number, like every number, other than completions. He, well, he had more completions than the season before, but less attempts. So that's pretty impressive. Had more yards, more, higher average per attempt or per completions, higher touchdowns by 16, less interceptions, and a higher quarterback rating. So can Carson Strong reach 85% completion percentage? It's surprisingly, it is doable. Because of the fact they don't play any really tough defenses, he's coming off a very nice year. If this projection keeps going, he could have a very good year. Now, do I think he could get it or will get it? No. it's a That's an insane level of consistency in college football. And Nevada does a lot of short passes, but not to that level. <laughs> 85% completion percent. I bet he gets something like 77. If I had to take a guess right now, I bet Carson Strong gets the 77% completion percentage. I don't think 85 is, I mean, it is crazy to think about. It is obtainable by the smallest of margins. So I won't rule it out. I rarely rule anything, everything out. I will rarely rule stuff out. 85% though is insane. And I know some people like don't really watch sports. Go, That's just a B. That's not that good. You want an A. You should get a 90. 85% is insane. That's like watching baseball and seeing a dude hit 340. Like, that is an insane batting average. What? He's hitting, like, 30, he's hitting 30, 340 hits after 1,000 pitches. That's terrible. Well, it's pretty impressive. <laughs> oh, man. Carson Strong. I hope you get it, because then you'd be high. You'd probably be number one draft board, draft quarterback next year. Got to get your 40 time. Oh, not 40 time. <laughs> joking, joking, joking. Because 40 times are not indicative of how fast you really are on a football field. Just make sure you train really hard in the offseason to get faster, and then you could possibly be the number one quarterback taking this draft. But yeah, that's all I've got for you today on this Friday edition of Logan Blackman Show. I would have gone a little bit longer, but my eye is itching like a freaking, I don't know, itching like something. I don't know, terrible. It's miserable right now. So that's all I've got for you today. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you go and watch the United States First Jamaica preview I have on YouTube. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel while you're there. Give it a like. I'd greatly appreciate it. Go and follow the Logan Blackman Show on all forms of social media. Twitter, Instagram, like the Facebook page. Go and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And yeah, that's all I've got for you. Hope you enjoyed the show, and I will see you all later. Horns down, baby. Let's go. Peace.